0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. If you're a long-term listener of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, today's subject is probably not something that you haven't heard before from me. But This is one of my favorite topics to talk about, and no, it's not a sexy episode. It's not learning the next music theory trick. It's not you'll learn a new solo by the time you end this episode. It's not a plethora of other things that I noticed that a lot of people love to listen to, and for good reasons, because they are great things. However, today's episode is really about getting down to the bottom of why you're actually learning jazz, defining your why why you want to actually be doing this so that if you're tapping into that at all times, it'll motivate you to keep going further. And then after that, defining your actual goals. Now, if you don't think this is important, I hope that by the end of this episode, you will be convinced because I do believe that this is the number one thing that can move the needle in your jazz playing. Trust me on this. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host... He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandard.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. That is what I am excited to do every single week. That's what gives me energy in the morning is to be able to be in your earbuds or to have the privilege rather to be in your earbuds and hopefully help you become a little bit of a better jazz musician because I believe music has an impact in our lives it's an important thing that we can all enjoy not only by listening to it but by playing it and I know that many of my listeners love to play jazz and get a lot of personal fulfillment out of it so let's do better. Let's learn more. And let me help you do that in today's episode. Like I said, this is an important episode, and I've talked about this before on other episodes in the past over the the hundreds of episodes that I've done here. But this is one of the most important topics I think I can talk about. And that is the more goal setting side and the mental side. The why. Why are we doing this? So kind of excited because I'm going to share with you a chapter out of my audiobook. Jazz improvisation made simple. Well, it's not just an audio book, it's also a paperback book and an ebook as well. But I talk about this subject very well in chapter 12 of my book, and so I'm going to be rolling the tape of of that part of the audiobook for you, because I I feel like I really cover it so well there. But before I do that, I'd love to tell you just a quick story to just kind of set the scene for you a little bit. It has nothing to do with music at all, but bear with me, because we'll get to the point here. About a year ago, my wife and I uh, had saved some money, and we decided that we wanted to purchase a rental property uh, near New York City, a little outside, a couple hours away from New York City. We wanted to purchase a rental property to do short-term rentals, which is like Airbnb or VRBO. Uh, many of you are familiar with those. And uh, we were really excited to do this. this. is something we really wanted to try. And it's kind of just how we wanted to spend some of this money that we had saved up. So we had done so, we got through the process, got a good deal, you know, make sure to check sure the the, the market was going to support our business and all these things and everything looked great and everything was fine, bought the property and unfortunately about a month later we had a really big huge massive repair that set us off for about 6 months Afterwards, so something that we couldn't have foreseen, didn't come up in any inspections. It was just a real massive bummer. And it really, you know, it kind of brought us down. And in between all of those things, there are many other little things that came up with this particular piece of property that were just kind of unforeseen. And all the property owners are are laughing right now and going, yeah, that's what happens when you own property. Um, However, You know, this was really challenging because this was supposed to be a business for us. We were really excited to do this. And instead, you know, our savings account took a little bit more of a hit because of all these expenses that were coming out and a lot of discouragement for some of the roadblocks that were coming in our way. And there were a few times in there where me and my wife would look at each other and just go, man, what are we even doing this for? Like, was this even worth it? Did we make a bad decision? And this was really important for us to start talking about our why. Like, why did we do this in the first place? What were our actual goals? What did we hope to get out of this? And it became important for us to use that as our North Star. Otherwise, we would have quit. Otherwise, we wouldn't have seen the success that we're seeing now where we're getting booked out pretty much all the time. You know, it's 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 going very well now that we're open for business again. And what I want you to think about is... In your jazz playing, when we go through hard times where we're just not feeling like we're getting better, where we're plateauing, like it's not always gonna be pretty. Like getting better at playing jazz and the satisfaction of improvising great solos, the road isn't always gonna be easy. It's not always gonna be fun, to be quite honest with you. So it's really important that you establish your why so that you can have that as your anchor, the thing that you hold on to when the road gets a little bit bumpy. So, without further ado, let me go ahead and play that little bit of that chapter from my book, Jazz Improvisation Made Simple, and let myself take it from here. Part 4 Practice Formulas for Jazz Success. Talent is Only the Starting Point. Irving Berlin. Chapter 12 setting the stage for jazz acceleration. Part four is the most important part of this book. Everything we've talked about until now has been focused on the what, but now we need to talk about the how. When it comes down to it, setting up systems and processes for musicians to grow their skills is my superpower, if you can forgive a moment of self-promotion. I'm going to give you very specific formulas for accelerating your jazz success, but first, we must set the stage. In one of my online courses, 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing, I start all new students out with a goal sheet. It's a simple one-page handout with a few things to fill out and hang on the wall where they practice. I start them with this because I believe with conviction that if they don't understand what they will accomplish and the transformation they hope to achieve from the course, their likelihood of following through and taking action dramatically decreases. While talking about goals isn't a sexy topic when it comes to learning jazz, believe me when I say you are severely disabling yourself on your jazz journey if you don't. Defining your why. Before you can start setting goals for your jazz playing, you must define your why. Your why will determine what goals and plans you need to set in place, so this is very important. When I talk about your why, I'm talking about the reason you are learning jazz in the first place. What place does jazz or even music in general have in your life? On episode 126 of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, I had another one of my course students, Joyce from Paris, France, as a guest on the show. When I asked what made her decide to enroll in my course, I was surprised by her answer. She went on to tell me that playing the piano and working on jazz is like therapy for her. Whenever she's feeling down or out of sorts, playing jazz helps her feel better. She wanted to enroll in the course because she wanted to improve her therapy. This shocked me because my relationship with music has never quite been like that. To be honest, I was a little bit envious of her position. That's because my why was completely different. While Joyce wanted to play jazz so she could relax, I wanted to play jazz because I wanted to make it my profession. Along with that comes the stress of improving your skills, of being the best you can be, practicing even when you don't feel like practicing, hustling to get work, and feeling the pressure of performing well no matter what's going on in the rest of your life. In short, despite my love for music correlating with my career decision, like anything, it still became a job. Unlike Joyce, when I want to relax, I'm usually not picking up my guitar, I'm binge watching Netflix and going out for dinner. Do you see how your why is going to determine the kinds of goals you will set? Years ago, when I taught private guitar lessons to beginners, I had a student who wanted to learn the instrument because he wanted to play songs for his newborn daughter. I had another student who wanted to learn some jazz because he believed it would help him compose better for his rock band. It did. Some of my other course students seem to indicate that it's how they spend their alone time away from their job, spouse, or children. That's the value of learning jazz to them. You must define what you want to get out of your journey in jazz. Spend some time thinking critically about it because the next steps will require that you know this. Your why doesn't always have to stay the same. My why has changed in the last several years. While at first everything revolved around my ability as a performer and that being the basis for paying my bills, my life as an online jazz education influencer changed that. My why is now to maintain my playing abilities and improve my content creation shops so that I can best serve the hundreds of thousands of musicians looking to me for help. That required me to change my previous behavior. No more binge practicing, playing any gig I could get my hands on, staying up until the wee hours of the morning, and hustling for more gigs. Now, I must focus my practice and time elsewhere. Define your why. Embrace it. Own it and then start building a plan to achieve your musical dreams. Jazz goal number one, master goals. When I was a kid, I grew up watching Space Jam, the movie featuring the Looney Tunes and basketball phenom Michael Jordan. Because of this movie, I spent hours in my front driveway shooting hoops and working on my dribbling. For me, scoring points from the ground wasn't going to cut it though. Michael Jordan could slam dunk, and that's what I wanted to do as well. There was just one small problem. I was a short, skinny kid. I would get up underneath the basketball hoop and feel like I'd have to jump up a skyscraper to reach the top. But that didn't stop my resolve to achieve my goal of dunking the ball through the hoop. After much frustration and plenty of failed leg springs later, I consulted my dad on what I needed to do to be able to grab the hoop. Son, you just have to keep practicing and eventually you'll be able to do it, was what he told me. Now looking back a little bit older and wiser, I'm not sure that was the most practical advice for me at the moment. Surely my dad would have known it would be impossible for me to dunk the ball until I was much older, taller, and had more muscle mass. However, I think his intentions weren't to help me dunk the ball right then and there, but to teach me an important lesson. The first goal you must set is what I call a master goal. Master goals are easy to discover because they are the things you want more than anything else for your musicianship, yet are afraid you will never achieve. They are your basketball hoop, the thing that seems so out of reach yet you feel you have no choice but to try, and try you must or you won't even get close to achieving them. Oftentimes, master goals are related to the reason you got started playing jazz or music in the first place. Maybe you heard Charlie Parker play his horn and couldn't stop thinking about what it would be like if you could blow over changes like that, or you heard Bill Evans play the most gorgeous chord melody and wish you could sit at the piano and improvise like him. Master goals shouldn't be completely unrealistic, but they should be a little bit scary. If you're not worried that you won't be able to achieve it, it's probably not a master goal. Sure, my dad knew I wouldn't be able to dunk the ball that day week or even in a year but he knew that one day i would be able to and the effort i made to achieve my goal then would bleed into everything else and increase my skills exponentially master goals will be different for everybody because everybody's why is a little bit different perhaps your master goal is simply to play at your local jazz jam maybe that goal seems intimidating to you perhaps your master goal is to get a steady gig at a local bar Or maybe your goal is to win a jazz competition or tour the world or play changes like Charlie Parker. Whatever it is, it should seem big to you. Here are some characteristics of a good master goal. Number one, it should be something that you really want to achieve musically. Number two, it should make you at least slightly uncomfortable. Number three, it should be realistic to achieve yet need significant effort to do so. Picking your master goals should take some thought. You need to look to your why for answers, but once you have a good master goal in place, you're ready to start defining the other goals necessary to achieve it. Jazz goal number two, project goals. Once your master goals have been defined, the next step is to start setting up project goals. Project goals are exactly what they sound like, projects. Project goals typically don't stand alone. Usually there are other project goals that accompany it because you will need many of them to reach your master goals. The important thing to understand about project goals is that they are directly informed by your master goals. In other words, project goals exist to help you achieve your master goals, and therefore you must understand what efforts are necessary. For example, let's say my master goal is to play at my local jazz jam and start playing gigs around my town. From here, I need to start discovering the problems that are stopping me from achieving that goal. Here's a list of some possible problems I may need to address. I need to learn at least 20 jazz standards to play a full gig and know enough tunes to play at a jam. I need to learn how to improvise over the tunes to an acceptable degree. I need to be able to comp through the changes effectively. Let's say I'm a piano player. Now we have three distinct problems we need to address, and in order to solve them, we need to set up project goals. The good news is we've already covered the three pillars of jazz improvisation, which can help quite a bit with some of these. We've also covered other concepts such as the list process for learning jazz standards that will come in handy. Here are some possible project goals we can set up to solve these problems. Project goal number one, learn all the things you are using the list process. Project goal number two, learn two choruses of Paul Desmond's solo over all the things you are. Project goal number three, learn one chorus of Bill Evans comping on all the things you are. Now we have some actual projects that will work towards a solution to the problems that stand between us and our master goal. I'm not suggesting you would do all of this just to learn one of the 20 jazz standards. For example, learning a solo for every jazz standard may be overkill. But when you learn a solo over one jazz standard, you start unlocking jazz language for many others. Here are some good characteristics of a project goal. Number one, solves a problem you have identified that stands between you and your master goal. Number two, is specific about the task that needs to be accomplished. Number three, coordinates and pairs with other project goals you have in place. Defining a project goal essentially breaks down your master goal further. It takes it from somewhat broad and overwhelming and now becomes something more tangible and manageable. However, defining your project goals are not enough. You need to break them down even further. Jazz goal number three, micro goals. When I talk to some of my Learn Jazz Standard subscribers, I sometimes hear them express that they feel lost and that when they practice, they feel like they don't have any direction. When I press further and ask what sort of things they have been working on, they may mention a project goal such as learning a jazz solo, but when they tell me how they spend their practice time, it is clear they are all over the place. The issue is they jump from one thing to the next. They learn part of the solo, then find a bright, shiny object on YouTube and start working on that. Then they learn a new music theory hack and start working on that. And before you know it, they are taking little bites out of everything, but not making any meaningful progress on any one of them. Part of the problem is that even though project goals are more specific than master goals, they are still overwhelming. Learning a jazz solo is no small task, and even learning a jazz standard, as you should know now, requires more than one step. It's easy to look at a project goal and get overwhelmed. This is why we need to break down our project goals even further into what I call micro goals. Micro goals usually look like daily or at most weekly goals, and you'll see in the next chapter where I talk about my stair-step practice plan, they can best be accomplished on a per practice session basis. Micro goals, when added together, accomplish your project goals. Without them, you'll find yourself overwhelmed and far less likely to succeed. I often like to think about micro goals in terms of pizza. When you order a pizza, you don't grab the whole pie and try to shove it in your mouth. Even the thought of picking up the pie and trying to eat it bite by bite seems a little bit overwhelming. That's why you cut it into six or eight pieces. Your brain can understand finishing one slice of pizza, and once you've finished it, you know you have finished that portion of the pizza. Now you can move forward at your own risk, slice by slice, until all that's left is the grease-soaked cardboard for you to stare at and contemplate your life decisions. I'll reinforce the idea of micro-goals even further in the next chapter, but let's use a project goal of learning a jazz lick in all 12 keys. I like to cycle through all 12 keys and fourths rather than chromatically, so we use that method to work through the keys. Micro goal number one, learn lick in concert C and F. Micro goal number two, learn lick in concert B flat and E flat. Micro goal number three, learn lick in concert A flat and D flat. Micro goal number four, learn lick in concert G flat and B. Micro goal number five, learn lick in concert E and A. Micro goal number six, learn lick in concert D and G. Project goal, learn John Coltrane 251 lick in all 12 keys. This is just one way to break learning a lick in all 12 keys into smaller chunks. You could make your micro goals smaller so that they are only one key per goal. You could also add a micro goal number seven and make it a review of all 12 keys. But now this project goal is manageable. Learning the lick in concert C and F is a good day's work. No need to do more than that. In fact, it can be detrimental to learn more than that at once. Here are some characteristics of good micro-goals. Number one, break down a project goal into bite-sized chunks. Number two, combine with each other to achieve the desired result. Number three, objectives are minimal as to not overload the brain or cause overwhelm. When we combine all three of these goals, we end up with a powerful system to start accelerating our jazz skills in a massive way. Master goals help you establish your big picture vision, the thing you want more than anything out of your jazz journey. Project goals help you make progress towards your master goals by solving the problems that stand in your way. Micro goals help you break down your project goals into manageable chunks so you can keep focused and see them through. While understanding these goals will help you begin to formulate your own practice plans, in the coming chapter, I'll be sharing with you three different practice plans that my students have achieved massive growth from. All right. That's all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that little clip of jazz improvisation made simple. Hope that that was helpful for you today. And if anything, a really good reminder. Um, I know that for me, some of the best education that I receive is not necessarily you know, new things. It's actually the things that are being repeated to me over and over and over again, because repetition and consistency Uh, In my opinion, are really what helps us retain, helps us learn, helps us take action and develop habits. So, hopefully, this was helpful for you. Uh, And hey, if you are interested in checking out that book, of course, you can go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash jazz improv, learnjazzstandards.com forward slash jazz improv. That will redirect you to Amazon, which is the only place where I sell that book, Um, Well, as well as Audible, because I also do sell the audiobook of that in, I believe, iBooks as well. Um, But I also have that in paperback and Kindle. Um, I have it for... Fairly low prices because it's it's not really something – it's really just something that I try to get into the hands of a lot of people, not necessarily make a huge profit from. So if you like to check that out, learnjazzstandards.com forward slash jazz improv so you can check that out. All right. As always, we're going to be coming out with another great episode of Learn Jazz Standards Podcast next week. So make sure you're subscribed to the show. Hit that subscribe button whether you are listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen – you know, definitely do that. If you think this could be helpful for somebody else, be sure to share this episode. Of course, don't keep it to yourself and look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter.